You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network for coverage of Total Drama Island as we get into the ninth episode, the most true to form survivor parody episode you'll ever get of Total Drama Island, uh, the classic paintball deer hunt of uh you know survivor legends and survivor lore uh we look forward to seeing it on uh, future seasons to come but uh we got to go back to the classic challenges for this episode and uh and from what i hear of pre-chat before getting on this episode it seems like a, a an all-loved episode across the board so i'm sure we have plenty of good things to discuss and, and heap praise upon this uh brilliant episode I'm your host, Rossi, and I knew I should have gone to the optometrist before this podcast. And uh, my name is Colin, and your butt's a hamburger, and I'm one hot barbecue. And my name's Jared, and I totally admire Belle for standing up to Heather. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about that line in case we forget it? I I wasn't sure. I'm like, have I been getting her name wrong this whole season? (laughs) That is a very you thing to do. Like, <laughs> wait, it's not that way. I thought I was right. Uh, no, that is just the magic that is is Lindsay. Uh, are you getting the appeal of Lindsay more now, Colin? Uh, I am. Uh, I'm still going to say, I think, as far as my favorite character, she's behind uh, Heather and Duncan. And um, I'd say Lindsay maybe as a tie. Beth is right up there now. Um, <laughs> oh, Belle. Belle, yeah. But uh, yeah, you get one character that has like a really great episode. But I'd say the ones that are most consistent for me are probably Heather, Gwen, Duncan, and now Lindsay's definitely in the mix. Good. We finally converted you, and you didn't mention the dreaded O. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I've got some sign. stuff to say on him in this episode. <laughs> Oh, I bet he was one of the the key figures in the episode. So, <laughs> but all right, let's get to the episode now, uh, which is pretty simple, standard, uh, full challenge episode. But it gave us a lot of interesting stuff and drama and and challenges and and there was a whole bunch of stuff that happened. But the main episode was really centered around this challenge, which was, you know, some of the team teams are going to be broken up into two sets where you're hunting the opposing team's deer so people like owen and beth and Lindsay were hunting you know the the killer bass deer and then vice versa for the other way like harold and bridget were hunting the the gophers deer and stuff like that so that was pretty much the episode and then within that there was a bit of breakdown of the alliance you know we saw a lot of heather coming into our uh you know dictatorial (laughs) dictatorship Whatever she's really becoming the dictator of this alliance, and not just uh, you know she's calling the shots. She's making them do everything from warming up the shower to hunting for food to you know, throwing the challenges, almost like doing whatever she says. And we finally see the breakdown a little bit of this alliance, um, possibly spurred on by this uh, mysterious tiki idol that uh, Beth pulled from from last episode, but. You know, she's really coming against Heather, you know, talking against her negatively, like refusing to do all these stupid things. She's like, I'm doing this for Heather and stuff like that. So it's really been a kind of great growth arc for Belle here as she comes into her own. Uh, 
and sort of stands up to the alliance and seems like our first alliance has already crumbled and, and Beth seems to be out of the alliance as she already revolted on Heather. And there's just a lot of fun, you know, personal stuff here. Obviously, we see the growth of uh, Courtney and Duncan as they're kind of continuing this love thing. We saw some more classic Owen when he throws pee on himself. <laughs> uh, we saw some sort of... Uh, not a lot of major it's a more of a more of a refined episode for some people like we didn't see anything from Gwen this episode despite being kind of one of the bigger characters in the last few you know Trent was invisible you know some of the more minor characters were invisible but I thought that this made that episode really stand out um Colin how did you feel about like the episode as a whole and sort of the prompt of the challenge before we get kind of truly into the episode itself but I, I just love this episode. Like, I, I'm having a hard time deciding between this and the the talent show one from a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I think there, it, it, this is sort of proof that there's a big difference between, you know, a challenge like Dodge Brawl or The Big Sleep or uh, what was that other one I really didn't like um, from like a week or two ago? Uh, the Fears? The, yeah, the Fear Factor one where it's just an entire episode just of a challenge and everybody gets their little spot of, oh, here's their, you know, little sketch and then uh, here's the next character. I mean, this was using a challenge for the purpose of developing characters and the challenge itself almost seemed to be secondary. I mean, what I loved most about this was just being able to see, you know, the the, the people not playing along with the challenge and how they furthered the story, especially with the the Heather Alliance story throughout it. I mean, it was, it was just a, it was near perfect episode all around. Jared, did it live up to our, our sort of pre uh, episode watching hype that we had? I think it got close to it. I like in my memory, I potentially remembered it as, I don't want to say better. Cause I think it's a great episode, but I remembered, I suppose more people being shot. Um, so in that sense, it didn't live up to the hype of uh, other classic challenge dodge brawl with multiple people getting hit and injured. Like in in my memory, I was like, "Oh, this just like everybody gets shot and all the deer get hunted by the end of the episode." Um, but I think, yeah, to add to what Colin said, that's what what worked really well. It was the fact that we didn't just cut between seeing a segment of like each person like individually eliminated from the challenge. The fact that here it came down to a time limit. It wasn't everybody was out. Um, I mean, it wasn't great that we didn't see people at all, but the fact that they just didn't do that kind of rigid structure of, okay, we have to show this person, we have to show that person, um, I think worked really well. And and once again, it's like last episode was kind of the breakout of Izzy, and then this episode we get the breakout of Gwen. So I like that kind of we're moving to focus on different characters as the show goes along, and everybody's kind of getting their moment to shine. Yeah, the moments to shine really come as a collective now instead of just those one-off moments in the episode where it's like all right this is a tribute to you all right see you you're leaving on the 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 boat of losers thing it's really like the collective of moments now because Gwen really faded into the background but she's still one of those bigger characters like Colin was saying you know standing out in your in your mind so uh and it worked well in the sense that like you guys were saying it felt more true to like like a survivor episode in the sense that, you know, there's the storyline of the episode of what's happening, you know, who's going to tribal and, and it's and stuff. And then you kind of people fade into the background because they're maybe not as important in this kind of episode, but maybe they'll come up later. And it felt more balanced in that way, instead of like Colin said, like everyone's getting their moment to shine. Uh, 
whereas we had the clear storylines of who was kind of leading the episodes. Uh, mainly Belle in this episode was really the <laughs> forefront. Uh, I'm just going to call her that for now and to see if I can throw you off, Colin. Uh, but yeah, so Belle really led this um, episode as she still clutching on to this idol that she stole from last from the Boney Island. And it, it's obviously been this big curse. We're, we're really not sure how it officially played out in terms of like what, she, what she's doing, but it seems to be bringing her all bad luck wherever she goes. Uh, Heather's making her do all these tasks, and she finally stands up to her, says no, refuses to do it, stuff like that. Uh, not a lot of chef in this episode, but we did see him a little bit as he was wearing his uh, inflatable uh, pool the ring i don't know know what you call it but um and he's and his little uh, swimmer goggles but um on the disappointing on the lack of chef outfits but uh we saw a little bit of him in the episode but uh mainly it was all about this alliance and it breaking down with heather and Lindsay kind of being the two remaining members and beth being that renegade person um and then we kind of got the other storyline really was this owen journey as he was this sort of bear grills <laughs> type person who's hunting the deer um literally almost literally in the sense of the way that dj was doing the challenge uh sort of prancing around um but at every turn owen was foiled by the the gun not having you know ammo or um the beans having its toll a few hours later into the challenge um gotta love owen with his classic fart <laughs> and burp gags <laughs> Yeah, all around just uh, some fun stuff. And then obviously, I think the best bit of Owen was when he just threw a pee on himself for no reason. Um, as stupid as it was, I kind of enjoyed it. I forgot that he did that, but it was still a fun thing. Um, and people had to remind him that he was there hunting actual people, not actual deer that they had to ward off a scent from. Uh, but yeah, just a, a full-on episode of Beth and, and, and Owen. Uh, Colin, how did you feel about some of the initial storylines of how it played out with um, you know Beth and Owen and and others. Well, I mean the Beth storyline. I think that that's probably the strongest thing that they've had in any single episode all season. I'll talk about the Owen thing first because if we go all the way back to episode one, when that was the only episode I had ever seen, and I was saying like, you know, Owen was like a real standout character for me, and you guys were both almost like, what? Like mortified. And I didn't really get it because even week after week, I mean, I keep mentioning, yeah, here's a really good Owen moment. This was a really good Owen moment, but. I've been saying more and more that, you know, they'll hit with like a really great joke and then they just fall back on toilet humor. And I think it, I, I do agree. I like the, the, the premise of, you know, soaking himself in pee for me more based on the fact that, you know, he wants to do that, but then it's like, okay, well that's actually not going to work. Okay. But then it ends up being his scent that gives <laughs> things away in the end. It's like, he probably should have done that. It was a very clever idea, but it, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of getting over the whole, you know, beans, beans, uh, they're good for your heart. The more you eat, the more you fart, uh, things that they're throwing in there with him. <laughs> Yet at the same time, I feel like if I were 10 years old, which we have to remember, that's, I'm not going to say this a primary audience to this, uh, because I feel like this is a show that was geared towards kids are going to like it, but adults are going to get the jokes more. And there's a lot of animation like that now. Um, it's still at least half the audience. And I feel like if I was 10 years old, Owen would be my favorite. So they're gearing it towards that, you know, demographic, but still when they have some of these other, you know, one-liners, like 
it was subtler this time, but that the line I mentioned at the beginning about, you know, uh, uh, your butt's a hamburger and uh, I'm a hot barbecue or something like that, where it's it's almost like, are they trying to make you seem like he's gay? But like they're doing it innocently enough that, you know, kids are, you know, not going to ask questions about it. I love those types of jokes. And it's just, it's seeming like they're getting further and further away from that with him. Uh, and getting way too much into the toilet humor. So I, I'd i like to see him get involved in a real storyline at this point and not just be, let's throw kind of the gross-out humor your way, even though the gross-out humor does still make me laugh at times. Um, but seriously, that, that Belle-Beth story is just absolutely brilliant because I don't think I really saw it coming. I, um, I did watch. I wasn't on last week's episode, or I guess I was, uh, <laughs> sort of, at the beginning. <laughs> Hadn't seen it yet. But I did watch the episode, and I I caught that thing at the end about her taking the little idol or whatever. Um, I didn't really get the impression on last week's episode that this would become a big thing. So when they reintroduce that, I'm feeling like, okay, this is going to be like a story arc that's going to haunt them week after week. And I don't know if you know I've hit the nail on the head with that or if this is just going to be dropped from this point on. But I love the idea that now they're setting up things that are going to be told over multiple episodes. And then the way that the whole Beth Bell you know, split with Heather happens, you know, it starts so subtly, you know, with Heather going into the shower and them saying she just needs her private time or whatever. And you could just tell she's getting a little bit upset. Like, I don't even like her. Why am I doing this? Uh, But I didn't quite see that coming in previous weeks. But now that they've introduced that, I look back and I'm like, this is a really interesting story arc that's being told over multiple episodes. And when we get to the end, I mean, I just thought it made for the best end we've had yet. But uh, yeah, Beth instantly shot up into one of my favorite characters. Before I let you uh, come in and add comments, Jared, I want to ask Colin, who do you think uh, Jamie's favorite would be? Would it be Owen? Uh, (laughs) Is that the impression we'd get of Jamie? Uh, (laughs) Owen would definitely be up there for her. Um, I I think it's safe to say she, she probably would lean towards two things. When there's a character that they're intentionally making fun of for being dumb, which would be Bridget or Lindsay, or when there's a character they're intentionally making fun of for being fat, which would be Owen. So (laughs) I'm going to say her favorite character would probably be a three-way tie between Owen, Heather, and Bridget. (laughs) We know she's consistent. Jared, how did you feel about the Beth storyline? Did that live up to what you had expected or remembered going in? Uh, it did, and I think it's really clever how, like, the... I suppose the, uh, the breakdown of the Alliance was contained, really, to one episode, but you saw signs of it earlier, and I love that, like, it wasn't, like, one episode after the Alliance is formed, we it, like, it immediately breaks down. I'm, it's nice that we've had, like, it consistently being a thing throughout multiple episodes, and now we've got to a point where... Um, it feels natural that at this point, like Heather's grading on people and, and that an alliance would naturally break down um, this many episodes in. So I think it was really cleverly handled. Um, even just throughout the episode, how like the tasks and like demands on like Belle get, get stronger and stronger. She has to do more. She goes and gets the chips. There's a hole in it, which is the first problem. So there's only 11 chips left. But then to add to that, the, the fact that it's barbecue flavored, like, it's all these little things um, that I think are really cleverly cl- crafted. And that's what I really love about this episode is all like the little moments. DJ's like deer running as the animal lover. And then he's pretty much impersonating a deer perfectly. I thought he's really clever. And also just 
like really tiny moments like chef when he's going like leaving the kitchen and coming back he's whistling the theme tune to the show um <laughs> it's just those little things that just like top off like a really great episode um and as well like the fact like with cody the fact that at the start of the episode we get a confession of him and like he's bandaged up in a wheelchair so you have this foreshadowing suspense throughout the episode of how is he getting to this point where like he's completely injured and incapacitated like you know it's coming so i just think that's really smart and the fact that they're like willing to okay let's foreshadow the episode right here at the very start um is just really clever writing and how did you feel about um our beloved friend owen and his antics of the episode um i mean it wasn't as bad as i remember and i did love like I feel like I can appreciate him more as a character now a little bit. And I loved the, like the monologue and his commentary throughout the episode. I thought was really clever as he's like stalking DJ. Um, but it is just the same thing of like, we had like last episode where he farts and then like um, alerts, like those like prehistoric ducks or whatever. Um, and like, it's like just the constant, like the same joke played out again and again, that like, it's so predictable and, as much as I think other ep- like elements of the episode are really clever and really great writing, I feel like this is just like stereotypical lazy. Like, how are we going to like resolve this situation? Oh, oh and we'll fart and, and alert everybody that he's around. It's just a joke that's been played out at this point, and we're only what a third of the way through the season. So it's just getting old really fast. And um, from memory, it's it's not going to uh, disappear uh, anytime soon. I mean, we did get the great line from Duncan as like, hey, fartzilla or something like that, uh, which has got to go in the, the logbook of great quotes from this season. Uh, maybe not up to the quality of some of the other ones, but uh, I, in sort of remembering the episode, I completely forgot about this whole like Beth, like renegade moment. Like I knew that the I remember the idol and all that kind of stuff, but I completely forgot that she sort of re- renegated on this alliance and and its impact on this episode was so like there was it great because um not only did we see like sort of the breakdown of the alliance and eventually we'll get to them just firing paintballs at each other constantly but like it sort of was subtly more subtle as well with um when Cody and Beth are having a conversation and they you know she's annoyed she's like Heather's making me get chips and uh, all this kind of stuff and then like we see Cody later on in the episode go and get barbecue chips and, and sort of that lead to his sort of like trail of crumbs that like leads to the bear attack, which is pretty great when obviously not a bear attack, but um, when we have that confessional of the bear and he's eating the chips with the like little deer uh, like equipment on. And it's just like a funny confessional of our favorite animals coming back. Uh, but yeah, Beth like, and slash bell, whatever we're going to call her at this point. <laughs> really like taking charge of the episode and almost everything ripples from her. Um, You know, she almost catches Sadie in the episode, but Heather ruins that. And then, you know, Lashana comes in and starts shooting wildly because she can't see anything. Uh, All she sees is this orange haze um, and then starts of start this thing. And then Beth just randomly shoots Heather for just real no reason. Uh, And then it just starts on this dog pile where all their attack, they're all attacking each other. She takes Lindsay's gun makes it even worse and then all of a sudden all the three bass come in and they're shooting their paint at it and it was just a mess uh, I did and, and then on the Owen side of things I did like that 
uh, we kind of had him chase DJ all the way up to the cliff from the very first episode. Um, and in my head, I remember this differently. I was like, oh, no, DJ's gone because he's not going to jump again because he didn't jump in the first episode. So is he going to jump now? Um, I forgot that he got out of ammo, and then apparently DJ is strong enough to throw Owen off the cliff again. Um, just some so much fun to be had in this episode. And then kind of pretty much capping off the episode was when, ever, uh, you know, on the smaller side of things, Courtney and, Courtney and Duncan sort of having their <laughs> interlocking of antlers, um, which is, uh, maybe I don't know animals, but isn't that like some sort of uh, like romance thing? Don't ro- like. No, I, that, I think that's no. like how the alpha males will challenge each other. Okay. Well, then that symbolism tracks because they're the two probably biggest personalities on their tribe. So like they're going at it, but obviously this is hinting at the um, their relationship in the future episodes and everything to come and stuff like that. It's just and a great kind of leading into like we were saying like really good story arcs kind of continuing through multiple episodes, really kind of showing through. Um, and then at the end, we finally see what happens with Cody as he's finally in the medical tent and. <laughs> sort of Chris's rant about how everyone was so stupid or and everything. And then he's like, I loved it. Um, classic Chris, like everyone's mm-hmm. in pain. People are all shooting at each other for no reason. Like he full like masochist almost in loving this moment. Um, and, and I love the great bit when it, like counting how many people were shot with paint. And then it's like one, two, three. And then Lindsay turns around and her whole back is covered <laughs> in paint. It's like four. Uh, just so much fun to be had here and I'll kind of leave it there before we get to the the tribal council but uh, Colin how about sort of the wrapping of the episode how did you feel that it it went from start to finish kind of there was so much good stuff in here Um, I don't even know the whole episode was good stuff I mean it's hard to (laughs) be like everything pretty much almost everything was great in this episode minus some of the farts but 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 I mean even just the little things that a lot of people probably didn't catch how you know funny something was. The fact that Cody is set up at the beginning of this challenge, he's talking about, okay, this is what we should do. And then they just cut to a confessional of him, which you know is after the fact, and he's in a body cast. They set up that joke so brilliantly. It's, like, it's almost like, okay, long story, here it goes. And then throughout the course of the episode, they'll keep cutting back to him in the body cast. And you're like, what happened? How did he end up in a body cast? And then how they get there with the bear, it was just, it was, it was such a brilliantly played joke. Um... And you know, even the um, uh, the, the the whole chip thing, like uh, this is where I'm going to side with my favorite Heather here because I don't have a problem with barbecue chips, but like dill pickle <laughs> chips, like if I have a choice, I'm sending somebody back to get me dill pickle too. Um, let's take a quick poll around the room: barbecue or dill pickle? I'm going dill pickle. Jared, barbecue. Rossi, oh, the tiebreaker. <laughs> Um, it's the the final five, and I'm the swing vote. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I neither are my top favorite of like chip choice. If we're gonna oh. go there, but I will say I really do like pickles, so I'll lean yes. on the pickle side. All right, victory. But if you had to pick your favorite, what are you picking? <laughs> oh, um, I really like. Uh, I like salt and vinegar. Oh, see, I, okay, so I'm switching sides and salt and vinegar beef that dill pickle. Can, can we do because another... Salt and vinegar is the superior chip flavor. Can we do another, like, side bar thing here? Um, does anybody have, like, weird chip flavors? Because 
every time Jamie and I will go, you know, to the States, we notice you have different chip flavors than we do. Uh, every once in a while, there's like, oh, let's introduce a poutine flavor, which is just a one-off, but like a consistent chip flavor that you don't get anywhere else. There was a biscuits and gravy Lay's chips that we got when we were in Minneapolis once. We're like, is that a thing here? And we've seen it multiple times. But in Canada, we have ketchup flavored chips, which is like one of the big five in Canada. It's not really my thing. But if you were to say, like, what are the big five chip flavors here? You'd have dill pickle, salt and vinegar, barbecue, sour cream and onion, and then ketchup chips. And there are people who come to Canada, like, you have ketchup chips here? That's so weird. Jared, please tell me you have some type of weird chip flavor there. I can't think of any. We we just get the similar to what you said, the, like, limited edition ones mm-hmm. uh, that they'll try and, like, revolve around, like, Australian things. So we had... Um, like lamington flavored chips um i think that's still a thing at the moment that's like the most recent one but like uh like roast chicken dinner chips um like i don't know just just all these weird kind of aussie like aussie barbecue uh as in like sausages and stuff flavored chips um so yeah we they like to do those like special edition promotions Mm. around like australiana foods um so that's probably as out there as it gets going back last week um I was just when you were saying like Australian barbecue, I was thinking, was it like koala or something like that? But going back to last week, I just have to ask, uh, does it bother you when they call it a koala bear? It doesn't bother me, but like, yeah, it's wrong. (laughs) It grates a bit, maybe. Have you ever want to hear Ben get really angry? Just call it a koala bear in front of me. When he was here with me in Winnipeg, you know, we saw some type of toy that said it was a koala bear. He goes, it's not a bear. It's not a bear. <laughs> completely off topic, but had to add that. But no, I mean, I, I loved just that they had the argument over that. That's barbecue. Go back and get me deal pick. Just the way that Heather's so dismissive. Like, she's such a good villain. It's funny. I have this thing where whenever I'm watching, I think I brought this up before, whenever I'm watching some type of kids show, it, it could be a live action thing or an animated show. But if it's geared towards kids, whoever the meanest girl is on there is my favorite. Like Charlie Brown, Lucy's my favorite, hands down. And I think that's why I love Heather so much. But like there are moments here where Heather, it's not even meant to be funny. It's just like when you see Beth's explosion later, you get it when she's just dismissive. And go back and get me dill pickle, you know? And and I'll throw, you know, a bone here to um to Lindsay as well. Uh probably the the other, you know, funniest one other than just the first revelation of Cody and the body cast uh, when they're talking about, you know, Alliance anybody, and then Lindsay's like, oh, oh, can I be in one? It's like, oh, Lindsay, you're in the Alliance. <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> Darren, how do you feel about the rest of the episode? Yeah, I feel like it's a really strong ending. I love the teasing back and forth between uh, Courtney and Duncan and the whole build-up of that storyline. I think it's really uh, fun, too, how each of the relationships, like the couples, I suppose, amongst the cast, are really handled differently. Like, the relationship between uh, Trent and Gwen is so different than, than Courtney and Duncan, and even, like, Jeff and Bridget as well. And I love that we have the cool-down of these relationships. Like, Jeff and Bridget, it was such a big thing last episode with that uh, arts and crafts heart that he'd made. Um, and them kind of reconciling uh, throughout the episode. And then this one, like, you, you barely see them. They're just hunters together. Um, 
So I think, yeah, they really handle the pacing of these relationships well, and they're not too uh, in your face throughout. It's very Jerry and Colby, isn't it? <laughs> it's mm. there, and then it's yeah. gone, and then it just turns sour. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how they they all play out at the very end, and if mm. they're uh, the Robin Ambers or the, the, the Jerry and Colbys, uh, we all wait to see what happens with those, except... Jared and I partly know. Um. <laughs> I wanted to ask one question. Um, you know, during that, that again, great scene where Chris is like, you know, it was chaos. Nobody was following the rules. It made great television. Uh, they mention, um, I think it's during that scene or it's just before about, uh, oh no, it was just before during the, 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 that Beth Heather fight where she's saying, you want to know why we lose all the time? It's because, you know, you don't try at anything. And then they say uh, when Chris reveals the results that they they lost again. Uh, this is, I guess, I I don't, I'm not you know, well or knowledgeable enough about the show to know what the rankings are at this point. But I guess this has been the thing that they're just on the losing streak. Like, is there a tally of which tribe has won how many challenges at this point? I feel like it has to be even now, right? Because the uh, Gophers were up by one, I think, because that's something I noticed at the start of the episode. Like, they got four hunters and the bass had three. I'm like, okay, that's fair. Um, so I think at this point now we're even, but definitely early on it was the killer bass losing mm. kind of week after week. Yeah, because I was wondering if that was a thing on the show because I don't remember there being, like, a blowout. I think the first two episodes were one-sided, but they make a point in this episode to be like, we're losing because of this, and even Chris says, you lost again. I think in terms of tally, I don't think they've been sort of telling us, oh, it's been like this many wins versus not. I think it's just sort of we've seen, I think the storylines have continued in terms of like Heather two episodes in a row really has not done anything. Mm-hmm. Like you can say in the er- er- some of the earlier episodes, she's actually been, you know, a player and she's tried, um, you know, in her own way. Like I remember the dodgeball episode, she was just barking orders and she was even on the court sometimes. So at least she was, you know, putting in effort. I think now they're really, especially when you in in Survivor too. Like when you get down less numbers, you know, everyone put pulling weight in in camp or in the in the tribe really matters. So I think that we're finally kind of seeing, you know, now that there's not like twelve people on a tribe, like how you know who's doing what and what and if they're mattering, if they're you know contributing to the tribe. Mm. But I think in terms of like winning and losing, I think two is the max two in a row. Maybe, because I remember the first two were the Bass lost and the Gophers lost too, and, and so I think two has been the max. Maybe, don't quote me. Mm. Um, but yeah, definitely something to keep it in tabs now that we're down to actual numbers, of like decent numbers of who's on what tribe. So we've got to, I guess, pay a little bit more attention to that. But the last kind of bit of the episode was the Tribal Council, which didn't have too much into it, but it gave us all these great confessionals, you know, Cody was saying that, oh, I'm going to be safe because look at Heather and Beth's fighting with everyone and all this kind of stuff. And then sort of everyone's kind of giving a little bit of a recap of who they were going to vote for. Some people were like, I I mean, I want Heather gone more than anything, but Cody um, and stuff like that. And sort of you see that people are kind of maybe a little bit wavering on whether or not Heather should actually go at this point or not, or or, or if Cody's actually good for the tribe and stuff like that. and then it eventually comes down and it's going to be Cody uh, just by a hair. Heather's safe. Uh, 
probably the closest you've almost lost Heather, mm-hmm. Colin, I think. So you must have been on edge. I mean, not just for Heather, but the fact that it came down to three characters. I'm like, I like all three of these characters, and they all have played major roles in the last couple. I mean, this is two episodes in a row where Cody's had a major part in it. Um, this was the first time where I felt like this is... I'm invested in this like I am a Survivor season. And it's just an animated show. You shouldn't be. But I'm like, oh, who's it going to be? It's one of these three people. Like, like you know, we're going to lose somebody good one way or the other. So it, it did have me really on the edge of my seat here. Uh, but even just to add to it, uh, not just the fact they're saying like, oh, it should be this person. They went out of their way to show confessionals and even comments where everybody was picking a side. And so you knew before they got here where so many of these episodes, you get there and maybe one name's been thrown out or maybe they've alluded to, oh, this person may not survive long. And here, before we even get to the the marshmallow ceremony or whatever, everybody is picking a side. They're like, oh, it's got to be Beth. No, it's got to be Heather. Like, it actually built up the drama for this more than I think it should have. Yeah, we're well past the days of, like, the MP3 player being the sole determining factor of, (laughs) you know, who's going in an episode and you're like, well, obviously Eva's leaving because she's the only one who's had a big, bad moment. Like, yeah, they definitely are selling, I think, the, like, middle ground. Like, you know, like a lot more people are going to be vulnerable. Like, this is the first time where I would say we considered more than two. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Beth was in there as well, just as much as Heather and Cody, you know, whereas every other episode's been, like, come down to either literally one person or or a like a two people at the end were like, yeah, they weren't really that great, but we need to lose one. Like this really had the drama and the tension of it. Um, and then obviously it beautifully ends with Beth kind of wheeling Cody off to the dock. and She's talking and he's just trying to get words out, but he can't because of the, the gauze. And she's like, I found this tiki on the Island and he's trying to stop, say something <laughs> to her. It's like, Ooh. and then she Leaves him at the dock, but he rolls off and falls into the water. Uh, what a great ending for him. Uh, poor Cody. Um, Jared, how did you feel about the drama? Did you remember who goes home in this episode when you were watching it, or was it? I didn't. I was kind of like, I felt like it was too early in the piece for Cody to go. Um, but then the others, I felt kind of similar. I was like, oh, is this like... Um, like, how is this ending here? Is is it Beth's kind of had a breakout episode and she, like, goes immediately? Um, but no, it was nice to have three legitimate options here and not kind of with past episodes where somebody has a breakout and immediately you know that they're the one going home. Um, and also just not some random, like, decoy Lindsay boot. In, in the amount of episodes where Lindsay is the second last person or, like, the last person to get a marshmallow, but there's no reasoning behind it, um, this one kind of it, it made sense that it was down to like, Heather and, and Cody at this point but um, yeah really well handled I love yeah the dock of shame moment also Gwen when she interrupts uh, Chris to explain like his whole his whole spiel is is so great and I just love how unimpressed he is it reminds me of Jeff in Jeff in uh, uh, Worlds Apart when, when Max goes to like pretends to play the idol and like Jeff is oh, yeah. amused at all. Like that's this moment of Chris just being like okay, okay. okay and like rule <laughs> so I thought that was really uh, a fun moment as well and, and nice to see Gwen at, at some point throughout the episode. <laughs> yes, kinda of good thing. She said something in the episode. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I 
glad we broke the the trend of like character has breakout moment a breakout episode and they're gone like mm. you know beth had her breakout this episode and she's still there like glad to see that we've broken that trend of like who's gonna either mess up the challenge or just show a lot of personality all right and they're gone this was finally a break from that and i think that it's like Colin said, the show's really picking up at this point. Like if, if, if he's now invested as much as he is a survivor season, like we we're, we're good. Like we're really into the groove of things now. And, and it's just getting more exciting. Uh, totally. I have never asked this for any episode yet, but Colin, who do you think's going next? Uh, you know, in a weird way, I actually feel like they're setting up for Heather to go. And then my guess is she's going to go and come back. So I don't know if it'll be next, but I am going to predict that probably in the next couple of weeks it is going to be Heather going, but it, it has to be followed by some type of return. I mean, this this whole season is just built around her, and it would be a great way to surprise the audience, but also how much longer can you tease everybody hates Heather before you actually get rid of her? So she'll make it through Edge of Extinction, all right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, who's winning the Edge of Extinction Challenge out of the eliminated people so far? Cody? Okay, maybe not. Uh, Jared, I won't ask you who's going next because uh, you may know. So um, we'll say that. But um, we have to rank the episode. Uh, Colin, I already feel like I know what you're going to do. What are you going to do? Buy. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Please. Everybody. Everybody. (laughs) Everyone listening, please go out <laughs> somewhere and buy this. I don't care how you get it. Just buy it. Uh, Jared, what are you going to do? Yeah, this is an easy buy. Well, that makes three for three because I'm going to join you on that. Uh, easily one of the best episodes so far. Uh, it lived. It was – Jared said it almost didn't live up to his expectations, but I think it, it was better than I remembered. I think there was more to it than I remembered, so – yeah, definitely a buy, and definitely I think we all are looking forward to next week's episode, whatever it is called. I'm not looking it up, so <laughs> ep- insert episode 10 here. Um, hopefully it doesn't suck. Ooh, <laughs> that's my one of the episode. Uh, anyway, I don't think any sucks in this last episode, was there? No, and I'm starting to wonder because I mean, I... I... I try to go out of my way, but sometimes you get lost in the episode. I'm starting to wonder if we are watching the Cartoon Network censored feeds and we're not getting the sucks in there. So if at any point any of us picks up on a suck, we have to point it out. Yeah, first first thing in my notes will be whether or not they said suck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that, that'll do it for us. Uh, stay tuned to all things Oz Network. Uh, survivor coverage, other coverage... Total Drama Island coverage. Uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to anything else, go back and listen to everything. Um, and if you have, why did you pick episode nine to start off with? But, um, <laughs> go back and listen to eight other episodes of great coverage and Colin complaining about stupid sleeping challenges or, or whatever. <laughs> Amazing uh, dodgeballs challenges. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about, but now he does. Now that he's on the right <laughs> side of things. Um, so, Yeah download listen subscribe leave us great feedback for this great quality audio le- uh episode and and everything um five stars across the board right um yeah that'll do it for us thank you so much colin for joining us again you took a break off but you're back i did yes and i'm happy to be back 
we're glad to have you with good opinions. <laughs> Jared, thank you again for your continued support of the series. No problem. I'm looking forward to our continued coverage. And yeah, goodbye. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.